Welcome back to the Merkle Treehouse, the best 10 minutes of subversive content you will hear all day. So kick back and relax. We're going to have some fun today. Please give it up for Horace Morris and the Merkle Treehouse Band. monetary network that we call gold requires a great deal of trust and has been manipulated for decades with rampant issuance of paper gold. But even if you hold the physical metal, you can't be entirely sure how pure it is without spending thousands of dollars to have it tested. A scandal broke this week in Western Australia that brings this criticism of gold into crystal clear focus. Mort is on the scene to bring us the latest. Mort? Greetings from the Perth Mint, where the air is thick with the sounds of industry and the glint of gold. As I step through the doors, I'm hit with the scent of metal and oil, the hum of machines, and the clatter of coins being produced. To my left, I see a group of workers huddled around a large machine, the gold bars they're feeding into it disappearing into a blur of motion before emerging on the other side, stamped and gleaming. To my right, another group of workers are carefully inspecting each coin, their magnifying glasses catching the light and sending glimmers dancing across the room. The Perth Mint truly is a wonder to behold a testament to the ingenuity and craftsmanship of those who work here. And as I watch the steady stream of gold and silver being transformed into coins and bars, I can't help but feel a sense of awe at the sheer magnitude of it all. But underneath this glorious testament to the ingenuity of man, a shocking story of deceit and cover-up has unfolded that involves the Perth Mint, one of the oldest and most respected gold mints in the world. We have recently learned that the Perth Mint, which is owned by the government of Western Australia, sold doped gold to China, and then tried to hide the evidence from their largest client. This is an outrage, and the consequences of their actions could be devastating. First, let me explain what happened. In 2018, the Perth Mint decided to start doping its gold, which means they added impurities like silver or copper to the bullion to lower their cost. This is not illegal, but it is a high-risk practice because it lowers the quality of the gold. While trace amounts of these metals are allowed, Perth Mint's plan only left a minuscule margin of error to maintain the industry standard of 99.99% purity. Despite staff concerns, they continued to dope the gold, leading to potentially up to 100 tons of gold sent to Shanghai Gold Exchange that did not comply with Shanghai's strict purity standards for silver content. Some would call it a Shanghai surprise. This is where the cover-up began. The SGE alleged that two bars contained too much silver and were non-compliant with their specifications. In response, the Perth Mint ordered an internal investigation and found that most of the gold bars during the three-year doping program were potentially non-compliant with Shanghai standards. However, the Mint did not share this information with its largest client, which could have led to a major blow to its reputation. This is where Bitcoin comes in. Unlike gold, Bitcoin cannot be diluted or debased. Each Bitcoin is unique, and the time chain ledger ensures that there is no way to create more bitcoins than the predetermined limit. Therefore, if the Perth Mint had used bitcoin instead of gold, they could not have diluted it, and this scandal would not have happened. The time chain ledger would have also made it impossible for them to cover up their actions because all transactions on the blockchain are transparent and cannot be altered. The Perth Mint's actions are an outrage and could have severe consequences. This scandal is similar to historical instances of monetary debasement and it highlights the dangers of using physical commodities like gold as a store of value.
Bitcoin's unique properties would have prevented this from ever happening, and it is time for the world to recognize that Bitcoin is the future of money. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Morton. Hurry back to the States. We have some bank failures for you to cover. Now, we all know that the gold monetary system has been around for thousands of years, and it's done a pretty good job. However, in today's world, it's become highly centralized and manipulated, and we can't be sure how much gold is really out there. Trust is key to the gold network, and that trust is being tested more and more every day. Bitcoin is trustless as its ledger is public and every single sat can be accounted for. My advice is to exchange all of your gold for Bitcoin before Elon Musk starts mining asteroids. Now we'd like to hand you off to a brand new contributor. I'm pleased to introduce to you a real Bitcoin OG and the Treehouse's own Bitcoin historian, Pinto Pete. This man has seen it all in the Bitcoin community and today he's going to go into the history of the Genesis block. Welcome, Pete. Well, howdy there, folks. Well now, would you look at that? Here I am, sitting by the fire with my good buddies who are harmonizing and strumming their instruments, and we're having ourselves a good old time singing and carrying on. It just don't get no better than this. Tonight I'm going to take you all on a wild ride through the history of the Genesis block. This here block is the granddaddy of all blocks, the one that started it all. And let me tell you, it's a doozy. Now some of you might not know what the Genesis block is, so let me lay it out for you. Back in 2009, a fellow by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto created the very first block in the Bitcoin blockchain. And let me tell you, this was no ordinary block. This was a bold statement, a manifesto, a call to arms for all those who were fed up with the old ways of doing things. Now what made the Genesis block so special? Well, for one thing, it had a special message encoded in it, a newspaper headline. Now this might sound like a bunch of who shot John to y'all, but let me break it down for you. See, back in 2008, the global financial system was in shambles. Governments around the world were bailing out their banks left and right, and the folks in charge seemed to have no clue what they were doing. And on January 3rd, 2009, a British newspaper called The Times ran a story with the headline, Chancellor on Brink of Second Bailout for Banks. That was the state of the world when Satoshi created the Genesis block. And let me tell you, he wasn't happy about it. So what did Satoshi do? He created a new kind of money, a money that was decentralized, transparent, and incorruptible. He gave people the power to transact with each other directly without any middlemen getting in the way. He kicked off a rebellion against the entrenched power structures that had led the world to the brink of disaster. And all he needed was a few lines of code and a message that spoke to people's frustrations. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that all sounds well and good, but what's the point? The point is this. The Genesis block was the beginning of a new era, an era in which people could take control of their financial lives and transact with each other on their own terms. It was a way of saying enough is enough. We're not going to put up with this nonsense anymore. And let me tell you, folks, it worked. Bitcoin may have had its ups and downs over the years, but the revolution that started with the Genesis block is still going strong. So there you have it, folks. The Genesis block may just be a bunch of data on a computer somewhere, but it represents something much bigger than that. It represents a way of thinking, a way of doing things that puts power back in the hands of the people. And that's something we can all get behind. Thank you kindly for listening. Now for Sunday service, a word from the Treehouse's spiritual advisor, the good Reverend Smith. Reverend? 
Dear brothers and sisters, once again, we are reminded of the fragility of the human heart and how easily it can be swayed by greed and deceit. The recent Perth Mint scandal is a clear example of this. In Proverbs 16:8, it is written, Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. This verse reminds us that it is better to have less material wealth, but to obtain it through honest means, rather than to gain great riches through deceitful means. But how can we ensure that justice prevails and prevent such scandals from occurring in the first place? This is where Bitcoin can be a tool for good. The decentralized nature of Bitcoin makes it difficult for any one individual or group to manipulate or control the system for their own gain. Transactions are transparent and cannot be altered, making it easier to track and identify any fraudulent activity. Let us remember the words of Proverbs 11.1, 1, which states, Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Let us strive for honesty and integrity in all our dealings, and let us use the tools at our disposal, such as Bitcoin and blockchain technology, to promote transparency and prevent scandalous behavior. May the Lord bless and guide us in all our endeavors. Amen. Amen, Reverend. And now, folks, I'd like to welcome back the queen of Bitcoin comedy. We take you now to the Giggle Drome in Ventura, California, and Sarah Nichols. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back on stage again. I finally found my soulmate, and it's not a man. It's Bitcoin. Sure, it's a volatile relationship, but the highs are worth it. <laughs> Have you heard about the Perth Mint scandal? Apparently, they were doping their gold with silver, and you thought Lance Armstrong was bad. <laughs> but seriously, doping gold with silver is nothing new. In fact, precious metals have been diluted by the elite for thousands of years. Back in the day, they would put a little copper here, clip some gold off there, add whatever else metal they could find there. It's kind of like taking gold and silver and making your own Frankenstein's monster of a coin. <laughs> but you know what you don't have to worry about? Bitcoin. You can't dilute Bitcoin with anything. It's like trying to dilute water with more water. <laughs> and unlike gold and silver, you don't have to worry about Bitcoin being doped with anything. It's pure and simple. I mean, can you imagine if the Perth Mint tried to dope Bitcoin with something? They'd be like, we added some Dogecoin to the Bitcoin to make it go further. <laughs> and we'd all be like, wait, what? It doesn't work like that. It would be like adding pineapple to pizza. Some things just don't belong together. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Before I go, I just want to leave you with one thought. They say laughter is the best medicine, but I think Bitcoin might give it a run for its money. It's hard, it's reliable, and it never lets you down. Kind of like my ex-boyfriend, except without the emotional baggage. <laughs> Anyway, have a good night, and don't forget to hodl on tight to your Bitcoins.
Wise words, Sarah. That wraps it up for us at the Merkle Treehouse. Join us again next Wednesday as we bring the latest and greatest of Bitcoin Mindshare. Take us out of here, boys. Try us out on a podcast 2.0 enabled app and stream us some sats. Don't make us beg. Don't make us beg.